Good morning and welcome to Music to My Beers. We are uh, Zach and Warren. Been with you a long time, long time. Uh, Five years and change now we've been doing this show. Dude, we're coming up on that anniversary. Yeah, it'll be St. Patty's Day weekend that we had our very first uh, Music to My Beers all those many years ago. Oh, how times have changed too. But now we're kind of, there is one thing that we're going to talk about today that I know that we're getting back to. Um, all right. For uh, yeah, for one of our favorites. Okay, I'm getting excited about that. Um, I brought a split one, yeah. so we get that. It's going to be a good show. Thank you for joining us for another uh, brand spanking new edition of Music to My Beers. Uh, we're here. You, we're here just about every Sunday. We could possibly be here from uh, from ten to noon. And beer experts, we're not. No beer enthusiasts, we absolutely are. So uh, we'll talk. We, we'll talk all kinds of beer stuff today. Thanks for coming along for the ride. We got you for the next two hours here on Music to My Beers. Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. What's up? It's Cluck. It's Zach. Every Sunday we check in for two hours of craft beer chit-chat and some tunes to go along with it. How you doing this week, Zachary? So far, so great. How about you? Uh, good, good. I it was funny because last weekend I spent the bulk of the weekend um, hanging at Firekeeper's Casino up by Marshall. Ooh, yeah, it was my aunt's 60th birthday. I was excited because I'm like, okay, cool. They got they have a little craft beer bar there next to the sports book. This will be fun. So we'll go. I will spend a couple nights. Uh, spend some money, you know, sports gambling while I'm there. Mm-hmm. And my extreme excitement was met with bitter disappointment. And I've been to this little craft beer bar inside of Firekeepers before, but I don't ever remember the prices being like this because I went in and they had M43 fresh on draft, which is always, when you're in Michigan, always a treat. You're like, okay, I'll have one of those. Yeah. And it was $10 per pint. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And at first I thought she was messing with me, but then I'm like, <laughs> okay, why would this woman mess with me about the price of a beer? Because I ordered three. I said, three, please, M43. She goes, all right, $30. Whoa. And that was the going price of M43. So the entire weekend I had two craft beers and everything else was just, I uh, was Miller lighting it up like a like a fool. Yeah. Go with that light lager. <laughs> yeah. I, they, honestly, and I know that craft beer pints, depending on where you go, they are, they're more expensive. Ballparks. Mm-hmm. Concerts, they're all really, really expensive. You know, go to anything in Chicago and like Goose Island. Well, that's going to be twelve dollars, fifteen bucks. I've never seen M forty three for ten bucks, and all I could think was, do you guys know how much they charge for a four pack of this at the liquor store around the corner? About that, <laughs> fourteen bucks for four of these things. So that was my my big craft beer sticker shock, and I'm you know I'm not complaining. I had a great time, and uh, I found much more creative ways to lose money. Oh yeah, than at the craft beer bar. But man, that made me salty because I was looking forward to an entire weekend of like you know they had. Uh, they had uh, d- 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 Founders uh, Dirty Bastard on tap. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I thought this would be great. They had the M43, they had a couple of other ones, and that shut me all down. I'm like, I, I can't do $10 beers all weekend long. Oh, man. Well, I and I don't know. I've never actually been to Firekeepers up there, but are you allowed to bring in your own stuff? Like, let's say that you have it back in your hotel room, and you want to go back there for a couple of drinks and then go back to the floor? Uh, no. No? I mean, you could sneak it in. Oh, okay. I'm not saying that I did, but uh, but no, they don't they don't want you to bring in coolers. I saw a guy try to have a uh, an 18 pack of Bud Light over his shoulders. He walked in and they shot that down real quick. Like, <laughs> no, you can't do that. So you're beholden to casino prices, and that's fine. You know, you you pay, yeah. you pay to be there, but man, ten dollars for a pint, yeesh. That's it, especially something that is not imported at all. You're, it's like so domestic. It's like right down the street. Yeah, and any craft be- uh, brewery in the area, whether you're talking uh, Goshen or Bare Hands, the U Yaki Dot, nobody charges ten dollars for a pint of anything. Mm-mm. So I know there's going to be a markup. 
But somewhere. I, dude, I but $7 is one thing. $10 Ten, is a whole other echelon. Yeah, seven, of, $7 where I thought, eh, all right. It's, yeah. it's craft. It's sort of local. Cool. Fine. But, man, that, that, that sucks. So, yeah, I put a damper on my beer drinking weekend last weekend. Then, of course, you know, you go hard for a couple of days. So I decided to take the week off. So mm-hmm. today's split was going to be the first beer I've had since then. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited. Same here. Although, no, I, I take that back. My wife, earlier in the week, she got me a four-pack just to, out of a surprise. I know what happened. My Christmas gift arrived late, and so she got me this cooler, and she put some beer in it, which is super nice. She went down to the Citywide and was like, hey, I'm looking for something that he's never had. I don't know how she would have known or like who they were talking about, but they found something that I had never had. Uh, it was called Fluffy Bottoms. Well, they probably looked up your uh, uh, your untapped <laughs> transaction handle. history. Well, your untapped handle just scrolled back and be like, all right, because he didn't check this in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, how was it? It was really good. It was a West Coast style IPA, which we're we're kind of getting away from those because you know typically it's the hazy stuff, it's the milkshakes, it's oh, the slushies, sours, slushies. Yeah. But this was just a straightaway West Coast style IPA with some mosaic and some Idaho. It was delicious. Yeah, I appreciate a West Coast IPA. The mm-hmm. places that do them great because we, we've talked about it on the show before, like four or five hazies, man. That's my my time's about done. It's yeah, about, it's about done with those. You need to switch it up to something else. You're looking for bare hands Westie, and that's yeah. that's a really good straightaway West Coast I, IPA. But uh, this one too. Yeah, and and it's funny now that now that we're now that we're back into the thick of like I feel like this next eight weeks is like the boring time. Mm-hmm. You know, I know coming off the pandemic, we already had the boring time, but it's just like we have an eight week slog of gray skies, pain in the fanny shoveling and snow blowing and driving. So this is the time where you really kind of can buckle down and uh, and get into some craft beer because there's not anything else going on. No, no. And especially because of the, that pandemic, there's, you know, usually around this time, we'd be getting ready for an indoor beer fest. I remember, remember those, those days? I do. <laughs> Pepper's Farms remembers. I do want to report I have a bit of a disappointment. Uh, uh, last weekend, it was a, a, I was kind of waiting, my fingers crossed, because I entered the ticket lottery for the Toppling Goliath Double Assassin. They were going to be releasing, uh, it's going to be this next weekend, I believe, and the weekend after. And I did not win. Oh, man. That's our second time because we're, yeah. was it Morning Delight or? Um, we were in for the Assassin Lottery. KBBS. Ba- back in, yeah, the KBBS back in October and we didn't win. And I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe this will be it. And uh, and I laughed back when we entered the original Top of Goliath Lottery for the KBBS. I'm like, that's a long, it's six hours, 40 minutes from where we sit right now, one way, get the beer, turn around, come back, or stay the night and make a weekend of it. But for the double assassin, uh, you were allowed to buy one bottle at one hundred dollars. One twelve ounce bottle. Uh, uh, it's a bomber. It's a twenty two okay, ounce. Gotcha. But, so I would have, in, in effect, had I, had I won, I would have been making plans to drive all the way to Decorah, <laughs> Iowa. It's six hours, forty five minutes each way to buy one one hundred dollar bottle of beer. So I, I'm I'm a little bit. I'm not bummed that I lost, but uh, our buddy old man already won the lottery, so I still don't know if he's going to drive out there and get it or not. Wow, I would make a vacation out of it. I would spend the whole week driving out there and stopping at different breweries yeah. along the way. Oh, he asked me if I wanted to go, and I thought that sounds tempting. I'm like, but if I'm not coming back with any, like that's a lot of time to dedicate to just you know riding shotgun and uh, and watch watching you <laughs> score all these this, this amazing bottle. So that was that was my craft beer disappointment because it was uh, Monday. All the uh, all the ticket when all the ticket winners were notified, and the nice thing about. Um, the fine folks at Toppling Goliath is when you enter one of their lotteries, they notify if you if you won or if you lost. Oh, okay. So they just flat out let you. We yeah. regret to inform you. Yeah, it's not like Goose Island where you sit there looking for a, a prop day email that never comes. And you're like, refresh, refresh, spam, spam. filter, refresh. <laughs> Maybe you got tied up in the server. I don't know. So it, it was it was nice that they do it uh, either way. But that was my big lose of the week. That's too bad. That yeah, that's a bummer. 
Yeah, um, and also because of the way things have gone over the last year, my my cellar is starting to dwindle a little bit. Oh yeah, and, and and it used to be I'd go downstairs and I'd pull something decent, but I'd, I'd also look at my you know quote unquote whales, the bottles that I was especially you know happy about having. Yeah, and I haven't picked up any new of those really. I picked up a couple of this year, but that's about it. So I'm I'm going through my cellar faster than I'm adding to it. Yeah. So I, I thought, man, that double assassin from Topley Goliath would have been a great addition. It would have been you know hard to get, expensive. Would have been a, great for a bottle share, and uh, and I missed out. So that that so Dark Lord's about the latest thing that I've added into my cellar, and and something that I'm actually like really looking forward to though, and maybe save that money that you didn't spend the hundred dollars and buy a case. Of Hop Slam. That's right. That's coming out, and it's in bottles this year for I, the first time since like five years ago. I know that it, it hit Bell's General Store the uh, the show before last. They've had it in Kalamazoo, and Bell's tweeted out. I think we retweeted it a couple of pictures. Hop Slam is available in mini, mini kegs, and that's nothing mm-hmm. new. They've done Hop Slam mini kegs before. Uh, typically, it's Hop Slam and Oberon that yeah. get that get the mini keg treatment. What would you do with a mini keg of Hop Slam? Would you just drink it yourself, or like because I don't understand how they work? Can you? Like keep it in your fridge, open it, close it, open it, close it without. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the first one, the first mini keg I ever had was, geez, I want to say probably 16, 18 years ago. It was a mini keg of Warsteiner. Ooh. And I, German. I think we wanted it a work raffle or something for the radio station I was working at, but I I wasn't particular. My palate wasn't enlightened. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn, this beer's gone bad. But it's uh, it's essentially about a, about a gallon, and there's a little rubber stopper, and it'll stay good in the fridge. You could drink on it all week. I mean, it's not going to last you weeks and weeks. Yeah. But uh, and we talked about it last week when Hop Slam, uh, the Hop Slam news was starting to break that we were going to be getting it soon. Is that you know at ten point two, ten point three, it's not the insurmountable beast that it used to be. <laughs> you know, we're used to double IPAs now and triples and double dry hop. This, so we're 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 used to now a stronger caliber of beer. Yeah, than we were when Hopslam first made its appearance, and you could only get it in a little snifter around town. So the idea that you know a mini keg of Hopslam, my God, that would last you for months, <laughs> like you could peel through it in a real good weekend. Yeah, especially with playoff football, you know, this weekend and stuff. Yeah. You just keep keep them coming. Um, but yeah, I, I look at Revolutions uh, labels now, and I'm like. 14.8, 15.2. Yeah, so and the, Hop Slam's little dinky 10.2. Yeah, the, the Death Series, you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to open a 12-ounce can of this, and this is going to be what I'm working on for the afternoon. But, uh, but yeah, so, so the mini kegs will be available as well, and uh, they're always fun. Back in college, you put them up on the top of your con, you're like, oh, we kill the mini keg. But... <laughs> Uh, they're they're pretty cool, and yeah. and you know I understand why a lot of a lot of uh, places don't do that because that's a lot of beer to be selling. And I, I think I read that when Bell's had done a couple of years worth of Oberon releases via mini keg, and I think they were still doing the Hop Slam. That they are the nation's leading consumer of that mini keg. Really? Like nobody sells more mini kegs than Bell's in Comstock and Kalamazoo, Michigan. Wow. Because I, I thought Sam Adams might have um, had mini kegs at one point, but, or Heineken has mini kegs. Right. But they don't sell as much, probably, at least domestically here, as, uh, as Bell's. Yeah. For the last, I think, 15 years, Bell's has had releases throughout the year that are available in mini kegs. So, uh, that, yeah, if you haven't picked cool. up, pick up a mini keg, it is kind of fun to wander back and stick in your fridge and be like, well, we've got this to sip on. And if you don't feel like investing into having a kegerator, because then that 
you know, a lot of us think that, wow, my life needs a lot, but it does not need unfettered 24-7 access to cold draft beer. <laughs> well, maybe you have more self-control than Zachariah, but but it's fun to dabble in that a little bit and have, you know, a little mini keg of Hop Slam or Oberon on you. So if, if, you, if it's available, pick one up. I think Put that in the garage fridge? Yeah, I want to say they're 36 I thought. I was trying to find the price here on their website because they're talking about the Hop Slam Mania 2021. It's their virtual celebration, and you could actually buy a, a kit for thirty three, about thirty four dollars, um, with and it comes with Hop Slam snifter gra- glasses, a tin tacker, which go great in your garage. It would, but um, I I think you're right. I think they range in about the thirty to forty five dollars. Man, don't quote me on that. Do they pr- put pricing anywhere? You can kind of do the math because if a six pri- six pack is generally what eighteen twenty bucks, and this is five liters, um, it, it it works out. Yeah, yeah. The uh, twelve ounce bottle six packs are going for sixteen ninety nine. Okay. So they're about. <laughs> hey, if one of them hits, if one of them hits citywide or Belmont, I see it. I'm going to snag one just because that's that's fun and it's it's cool to be able to pour yourself like you know the big hop slam. And I like the I like the logo this year too. With it, it's kind of trippy, um, and. It it's a little far out. Now I'm looking for the the price. It's not showing up anywhere. I find it. It's you, all good. Yeah, if you can find the price, uh, by all means, tweet it at us or slide up in our DMs on the Music to My Beers Facebook page. We got a lot of show left. Thanks for joining us here on this Sunday. This is Music to My Beers. reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with Music to My Beers B-Movie. And it's time for the uh, point in the program where we take a movie and we uh, rate it based on our our rating system, which is uh, one beer being the best movie you've ever seen and 12 beers being a complete drain pour. This is the, the B-movie. B-movie. We realized about all three weeks into the B-movie feature on Music to My Beers that our rating system was a little janky because sometimes the more we like a movie, the drunker we want to get when we watch it. <laughs> yeah. Other times, we would just need that many beers to get through the flicks. So uh, for this movie, we thought because it was Betty White's birthday this week, and she's how old? She is going to be 99. She's older than sliced bread. She's older than a can of beer. Like, canned beer was a thing, but... They didn't start like actually mass producing it until I don't know she was eight years old or something like that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it could be any day now. We we live in a uh, in a Betty Whiteless world, so we thought we would do something from the Betty White uh, filmography, and we're going to go back to 1998 for the uh, immensely popular, a cultural turning point for a lot of folks. The straight to video <laughs> release Dennis the Menace Strikes Again from 1998. <laughs> And it's got a, a cast of characters. Uh, some actually, Don Rickles, I recognize, and uh, Carrot Top. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray, uh, Bill Murray's brother, Lou, the ca- the Caddyshack guy from uh, from the OG Caddyshack. Oh yeah, this is a sequel to the actual Dennis the Menace movie, and uh, I don't know if this was the second or third installment, but obviously it's so bad at this point it went straight to straight to VHS release back <laughs> in the day. Uh, I'm gonna go first and say that if I'm gonna sit through this and and. I know that everyone enjoys great movies. You do, but over the years, I mean, since college, I have even I've gotten even more enjoyment out of terrible movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Overboard with Adam Sandler was one of the first ones I saw that I thought, "Wow, this is terrible." 
I don't even think I saw that one. But that was the first. He did that before Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. It was like his very first, uh, you know, sort of uh, flirtation with a full-length feature comedy. But the the unfunnier a movie is, or the worse it's made, the more I think, you know, how many people are all hands in the middle on making a movie? You've got somebody who finances it and a producer. Mm-hmm. You've got directors, actors. There are assistants. You know, hundreds of people coming together. And at some point, somebody had to know, like, this, uh, this is going to be a real stinker, gang. Like, this, this is going to be bad. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they necessarily know when you're making a Godfather 2, like, this is going to be a chef's kiss. But you, somebody on that set, between the assistants and the actors, somebody's got to know this is going to be a real turd. And i got to imagine that Dennis the Menace strikes again right off the bat. They're like, this, this is not going to be good. No. We're all here to get paid, beef up our, uh, our resume, maybe get through some lean times. Especially because the Wikipedia says none of the cast from the first film reprised their roles in the second film. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. They're just not good. Oh, like when Home Alone tried to do a third one without Macaulay Culkin, and it's like, okay, now we see where you're going. Direct to video. Yeah, I'm going to give this uh, I'm gonna give this one six-pack of Hop Stupid, one of my favorite all-time classic IPAs. Ooh. It's also 8%, so it's strong enough that I can get through six of these, and the runtime, I think, is what, just under an hour and a half. It's not a particularly lengthy endeavor, uh, but it just it looks, it looks terrible. But I think I'm going to have a great time watching it, so that's my six for the Dennis the Menace Strikes Again. I'm going to see your six. I'm going to raise you another six. Oh. Because just the, the fact that, you know, none of the cast is in there. Love Betty White. Love Brian Doyle Murray. Carrot Top. Don Rickles. Don't know who Justin Cooper is. A young Alexa Vega was in the movie. Yeah, she gets credit there. Um, I'm going to go with 12 from The Shoots. And uh, they have a, a white IPA called Chainbreaker. So I'm going to put that into the mix. And say, I'm going to go with 12 of those because of Betty White's birthday, her being 99, Chainbreaker, hey, the White IPA. It's going to be the last time we have to celebrate, we get to celebrate Betty, we have to celebrate, the last time we get to celebrate Betty White's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, so there's your B-movie segment for the week. If you have seen this movie and would like to offer your review, please, please leave it on our uh, Facebook page. Just search for Music to My Beers. I would love to hear from somebody who's actually seen the 1998 straight-to-video release, Dennis the Menace Strikes Again. I know that every segment of this show here on Music to My Beers is supposed to be our favorite. They're like our children, our favorite. The show open, our favorite. Uh, the pick six coming up in a bit, our favorite. B-movie, our favorite. This, I can tell you without a doubt, is my favorite segment of the show. We finally get down to business and we uh, take a beer for a road test. And this week comes of uh, courtesy of Zach Miller. Yeah, I saw this at the liquor store and uh, the guy that was working there said, oh, you got to pick it up. You got to try it. It's it's amazing. These guys don't do bad stuff, too, by the way. We were just talking about them last episode where... Yeah, they have a, uh, a beer called Corner Piece that if you see it, oh. just grab it. Just grab one. Grab one, grab two. One to keep and one to drink. And uh, it tastes just like a corner piece of yellow birthday cake with white icing. And um, there's that one they're most known for. They're bomb, right? Just yeah. the bomb. Prairie Artisan Ales. And this week, we're drinking the Bourbon Barrel Aged Weekend. Now, before we get into this, uh, what's the Whoa. ABV on this? Because their stuff is always usually pretty heavy hitters. You want to guess? Just by the smell, I smell I smell the booze. I smell the alcohol in here. Oh, yeah. Um, it's boozy. I'm going to say it's uh, 12. You're, you're, it's just north of that. 14.2. That's not just north. That's way north. <laughs> that wasn't even close. We're talking Canada from Michigan. All right. So four, this is 14 point something percent. All mm-hmm. right. And it's got... it's a 
bourbon barrel aged stout with cacao, toasted coconut, marshmallow flavor, vanilla, and caramel color. And I know I, I was talking to him about the um, the campfire one from hey, Dogfish Head. Oh, oh yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so Dogfish Head has a kind of a marshmallow stout as well, and it comes in at like a 6.5. And then he's like, oh, if you're going to like this one, if you're looking for that kind of flavor, go back in there and get the bourbon barrel aged weekend um, because it's also got that same s'more-like flavor. And this one with the toasted coconut in there and the cacao and the marshmallow, I mean, I, I'm i I'm excited because I, I haven't had marshmallow hangi, but I would imagine that it might have a little similarity. Yeah, and a lot of times if it's done really well, you get sort of a toasted marshmallow kind of flavor. I'm going to go ahead and take a big whiff of this because, go man, you, you get that thick raisiny that uh, that nose, but you could just, the heat coming off the bottle, you could smell oh, yeah. it. This is going to be a lot of bourbon. Ooh. A little hot still. For 14%, though, it doesn't taste as strong on that alcohol heat as you would think. Yeah, it was uh, actually bottled back on November 23rd this year. Or 2020, sorry. You do get the marshmallow on the back end, a real light wisp, but if you close your mouth and breathe out your nose. Just that that burnt marshmallow flavor. Or not like burnt, but like toasted. Yeah, I'm not getting a lot of the coconut. That might take me a couple of sips to really suss out and see where it's at in there. But this this is fantastic. Yeah. How much was this? Um, What's the asking retail price? Because I know that their bomb was the first beer we ever looked at and thought twelve dollars. I, I, I think it's like it's ten, ten to fourteen dollars. All right, I, I bought it in a mix of a slew it. of beers. I know that these kind of beers are expensive to make. That's why the price is high. But I feel like they're also prohibitively priced because they don't want somebody walk out of the store with six fourteen percent beers ready to go for your night. <laughs> no, like you're just asking for trouble. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh man! But I would, I would actually consider finding, if you can, the deconstructed bomb, where it comes in a four pack, and that way you can try all the different flavors and get like the cacao out of one, the hot pepper out of another. Because you did that a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we found one, and uh, I don't think we drank them all. I think we drank one a day um, for the four days, just trying the different flavors, just seeing what we could get out of it—the cinnamon or that pepperish. Uh, to it, but this, I'd love to deconstruct this or that the uh, corner piece. Yeah, this is, this drink's fantastic. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this probably four, four and a half stars easy on mm. a tap. This is, you know, and we haven't had anything from Prairie that has been less than stellar. No, and they they do the rainbow sherbet one. If you see that one, um, it's it comes in like the multicolored can. And it's a sour that clocks in at like four or five. It's delicious. Yeah, and it's fun because Citywide in particular is doing a really good job of carrying more of their offerings. For the longest time around here, Bomb was it. That was all you could get. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, Fiddler's downtown or somewhere would get an off, uh, like a, a prairie something else. But now we've got a lot of places in town that, that make a, a pretty decent point of carrying a large variety of their stuff. So you can actually pick up more than just the bomb, and uh, you can trip into stuff like this. This is incredible. Have you ever had anything other than a stout or a sour from Prairie? They had an IPA that's citywide, not to keep you know yeah. belaboring a, uh, a bottle shop, but they had it down t- downtown and had it. It was great. It was great. Because yeah, I'm know? trying to think. I don't think I've ever had a it IPA from them. It wasn't as lights out as an IPA to me as their stouts are among <laughs> stouts, but it was still it was pretty good drinking. Mm. You know? Five, five out of five would drink again. So okay. <laughs> it is pick six time. We uh, stop what we're doing every beer show. We break it down. We each toss in three beers into a mixer sixer. Could be things we like. Could be things we're uh, looking to try or things that, man, we wish they would bring back. I'm going to go first. And uh, one of them, I was talking earlier about my weekend trip to uh, Firekeepers and, you know, my 
how upset I was at the M43 <laughs> draft, but I did uh, manage to get a few beers in me that weren't... Uh, you know, I don't know where I got them. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I surely didn't sneak them in with me, but I forgot. And and this is a great brewery out of uh, Ohio. Ryan Geist always does great stuff, but I forget Dude. how cl- classically good and clean their Truth IPA is. Mm-hmm. And it's usually on tap. It, it, it uh, I know that LaSalle Kit, uh, Kitchen and Tavern had it when they were still open uh, regular hours, and that was a great standby. But it's always it's good. If you can't find anything else on the menu, that's a great IPA to just grab, go to. It's easy. It's it's cheap, and it's delicious. Yeah. I like Truth. Truth is is to me one of the best like um, IPAs. Just a, a straight of the run of the mill uh, IPA. Yeah, and another one that I brought with me, and uh, it's another one of my favorites. We've talked about it before. It gets thrown into the into the pick six at least once every three months. Is Westy from Bare Hands, dude? Yes. Yeah, it's it's good. But also, it's a great. Uh, you know, every brewery has their standalone. This is their big whatever. And we've talked about it with Eric and Chris uh, on the gang before, but Westy's their flagship IPA. But it's also great if you have somebody who's unfamiliar with bare hands. Like whenever I go out of town and take a couple of things from uh, from around town with me, I always take that and say, hey, there's these guys in Granger. This is what they're about. And plus, we've had the fun news a couple of uh, weeks back that the, the brewery plans for downtown South Bend moving forward. Yes. It's so, like a hop, skip, and a jump from my house. Yeah. And the last one I'm going to throw in my pick six is lame, but uh, over the summer, I found myself drinking more of it than I expected, and over my weekend last weekend, I found myself drinking much more of it than I wanted. But it's still pretty all right. Miller Lite. Miller Lite? The, the weird thing about Miller Lite is I don't like the first one. I don't. Ice cold out of a bottle. The first one, usually at the, the end of it, you're like, okay. Ugh. But by two or three, you're like, damn, this drink's pretty smooth, man. And you, for, you forget as a craft beer drinker, uh, one, what it's like to drink a beer that's not 250 to 300 calories per beer. You also forget what it's like to be able to just hammer them down. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you can drink Miller Lite all day, pretty much. It's, I'm not going to say it has no effect on me, but it, but it was nice to drink something that was really light, get that Pilsner flavor all day, and then be able to just maintain and, uh, and session drink. But it's usually dirt cheap, too, which was nice. After my $10 sticker shock over M43, it's, I, I was like, whoa, what all you got that's cheap? <laughs> it's like after you order it and you look down at your, your glass, you're like, oh. I should probably order another one here. Yeah, you know? there's also a reason that with, uh, you know, in the before times when you go to any bar around town, they'll never sell you a bucket of five too hard, but they, everybody sells you a bucket of five Miller Lite. Oh, yeah. They go down pretty good. Yeah, so those are my three for the pick six, and I'm going to sit back and sip this uh, prairie while Zach runs down his three. Yeah, so stout season is, uh, is like, now in session, and we've got uh, one of my favorites, the Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. It yeah. comes in a bomber. Um, it that's just a really good stout for for right now. It's cold out. That was, would, the, that was the first time I'd ever seen the word organic slapped on a beer, and I thought, what am I supposed to take away from this? I know it's like um, no rules, where it's a, a, a Vietnamese or is it a Japanese the, stout? Yeah, the Vietnamese coffee. Yeah, I'm like I don't I don't understand. Yeah, and then uh, I started to think to myself, like, all right, well, the whole point of eating organic is to cut down on pesticides, GMOs, and everything. Doesn't the alcohol kill all that stuff off anyhow? <laughs> but I digress. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. I'm uh, sorry no. to interrupt. No, no, you're all good. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why organic is on the label. The other one is uh, these guys, they have a hotel in Ohio. I'm not sure if it's even open right now or, or what their plans are in the future, but uh, BrewDog, they have the Hazy Jane. And that is a really good, um, just like Elvis Juice. I know they have a couple of different hazy kind of um, beers, but check that one out when you can find it. It comes in a green can. 
And then one that I did not pick up, but I really want it so, so bad. And I need to pick it up when I need to, uh, maybe I'll go up to Granger for it. But Bare Hands, the, the new bird dog. It's I saw the this. blue bird dog. It's a blueberry mango. Typically, it's a strawberry and mango, uh, or at least it was this summer. And this one's got, uh, looks like a husky with a uh, blue jay on there. And it's blueberry mango fruited hazy double IPA. And it pours purple-lish. I'm not the Can't biggest through. blueberry fan, but when blueberries mixed with something like mango, oh, that's that's tops. That's I bet great. It's a good balance, totally. Yeah, and they and you know the thing about bear hands is that they throw in real fruit. They're not extracting it, so they probably use have to look up the amount of pounds that they put in of blueberries. But I bet it's pretty good. It drink pretty good. Yeah. So there's there's mine for the pick six. Uh, so take our advice, or don't, or if you've got the beer that you think we have to add to this next week, by all means, tweet us or slip slide into our Facebook group on Music to My Beers. I know we talked about it earlier in the show, the Hop Slam mini kegs. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you were wondering, right now on Etsy, you can have one of the new mini kegs made into a lamp with a cork shade. It will just set you back $75. Breaking for the man cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, and uh, you can also get a 26-inch floor lamp off of eBay made with the new Hops Lamp Mini Keg for $110. Whoa! It looks hideous, but it's out there if you want it. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, you walk into the corner store where they sold beer where your parents picked up their beer at, and there was always that Budweiser uh, biplane that was made out of cans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff is great. So beer art, I'm always a fan of beer art, but the older I get, the more I realize, like, I'm married. I can't have all this crap in my house. But... I like the bottle cap. Anytime somebody does something with the bottle caps where it's like the fish... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's totally cool, especially if they're local, local bottle caps. Yeah, I've got a sister-in-law that's pretty big into wine, and she does, like, they, they do, like, collect the wine caps, and you make murals out of them and stuff. But um, I think over at Westwood, they've got the big United States of America map where they put the caps from the different states. That's kind of fun. That's really cool. But uh, I, I think everyone knows, everybody who listens to this show knows, like, there's only so much beer art you can put into a house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before it's like, hey, you yeah. know what, we should really think about putting that downstairs in the basement it storage. Always comes, it always comes back to the Michael Scott St. Pauli girl sign for me. <laughs> You're like, I just, I, you know, this stuff is relegated to the garage, which is where my Tin Tacker collection is, or in the basement, which is where I keep my neons. But other than that, nothing on the main floor of the house. You bring it home and the wife's like, well, where are you putting that? Well, hey, not in here. Your wife's not a huge fan of beer art at home either because all the all the tin tackers and signs we've collected over the years, they're all in your cubicle down the hall. <laughs> they have to stay here at work, yeah. I tried bringing one of those home one time, and she's like, well, that's not going right there. That's You're like, babe, it's the mantle. It's where I put all the stuff that I'm proud of. <laughs> our, our, the My kids' room now used to be kind of like our hangout area. Yeah. And the closet was where I was doing home brewing, so I started putting beer stickers on in the closet. Now when you open up the kids' closet for the kids' clothes, it's like all these beer stickers, all these <laughs> <laughs> aged three Floyds. Yeah, all right. Even a hop slam stickers up there. So yeah, I got I got told real quick, hey, that needs to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, and I'm all right with it, but it's one of those things that if I were single, I know that my house would be overrun with just beer crap everywhere. I'd be the guy that's like, oh, $110 for this uh, hop slam floor lamp. It's awesome. Let's do it. Fire it up! <laughs> uh, how would you describe the decor of your home? Is it uh, what is it? Modern? Is it uh, country chic? Is it like Chip and Joanna Gay? Actually, it's drunk. It's crap beer. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a neo drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving forward, though, and uh, is there, one of the things I miss, obviously, we all miss, are the beer festivals because one, it's a great way to try a ton of different beers you've never had. The Century Center Beer Festival, we miss it, you know, and uh, Cam Island, all these things we miss now. We're not that we were too accustomed to having access to. They're gonna mm-hmm. last forever. 
It was also great because you could it was, you got a lot of beer stickers real quick, mm-hmm. so it was a great way to cover a beer fridge. I got a new beer fridge over the pandemic, and I got zero stickers on it. And the one oh. that, the one that I got rid of had all my stickers. Oh man! Yeah, it was like a roadmap of where I've been. So I've I'm desperately trying to get back to the whole you know getting a sticker. And I like getting them at craft breweries, uh, at beer tasting events, but I don't like paying for them when I go to breweries. No, they're like fifty cents to a dollar. Yeah, or like two bucks. And I'm like, to me, and I know this is snooty, but to me, I'm like, I'm doing you a favor by putting this sticker somewhere where people are going to see it. So you should probably just give it to me. So that's that's the one snooty thing I get about beer. Like, I'll buy your sixty dollar hoodie, but you better give me a sticker for free. Yeah, like where where? Well, I guess where is the placement of this sticker going? Is it going to go on your beer fridge where nobody's going to see it, or is it going to go on the back of your car where everybody's going to see well, it? Well, and the thing about putting beer stickers on your car, and maybe this is why we don't have music to my beer stickers. <laughs> Uh, is I always thought growing up that was like a little like wet red flag of the cops. Like, you know, this guy's got 16 breweries in the back of his car. What are the odds he's over the limit? Let's check. Yeah, yeah. And I, and yeah, I, think, they call that, I think they call it probable cause. <laughs> I, hey, I could be completely wrong. This could be absolutely false. But to me, that's always what I thought. And up in Michigan, isn't the, the legal limit a lot lower than, or maybe I'm making that up. You are making that up. It's, I think it's .08 everywhere. Okay. Were they trying to do .03 at one point? Ah, where did I get that from? I thought, I, I thought that was out in Idaho. I know there was a push for it, but okay, maybe I'm just yeah. I don't know where I saw that article. Zach but this is the good old days, of the '70s, when it was just as long as you could keep it between the lines, you were good. <laughs> Barf on the officer's shoe, and he's like, "Get out of the county! Don't ever come back, boy!" And you're like, "Yes, sir. I'm out of here. Brr. Never gonna do that again." No, uh, but yeah, I, that to me, the sticker thing is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, That's funny. If, so if if you had unlimited, uh, you could just put your stuff anywhere in the house. What's what's one piece of beer swag or memorabilia you think would be cool to put in your house? Those uh, was it the Land Shark Ale lawn chairs I always thought were neat. Oh man, I would love throws like a giant blanket that could just go in my living room of like a two hearted, just a, a two hearted blanket. You know, to me that would be like the the rug in the Big Lebowski. It really ties the room. Like a two hearted blanket would really tie the room together. It's cozy. It's perfect for this time of year. Cuddle up, watch binge watch Netflix with your uh, and like two hearted snuggie. Well, that and it's practical. It's something you can use. Yeah, yeah. You really need to get on your wife and be like, "You're sleeping on these beer decorations, babe." I need to. I need to start scouring websites for beer merch and this house needs collect. a little more frat in it. If you get my drift. <laughs> uh, and uh, I do. I, my sister's moving from South Carolina next month to Wisconsin. Ooh! So I'm excited now that I get to get my new Glarus fix. Yeah, because I'll be traveling up there to visit and you know holidays. So I was looking at some of their merchandise, and they've got some pretty fun stuff. Not for the house, because, you know, we're married, but uh, yeah, that's another brewery. I was looking forward to getting their strawberry rhubarb and some of the other releases they have, because now I can say, hey, pick this up for me. I'll be up in a month to get it. Yeah. Yeah. She can. Is she going to be close to the brewery? Uh, or Close to Milwaukee. Okay. So next to all the fun stuff. Milwaukee is such a cool town, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel bad, because when she was in Charleston for a few years, I never visited once. Uh huh. Well, but now I'm like Milwaukee. I'll be there every weekend. <laughs> well, you got down in Charles's Westbrook. Yeah. That's the only one that I know of. Yeah, yeah. But bring me some of that Mexican cake. Otherwise, I'll talk to you to Milwaukee's. All right. So we get to the final segment where we tell you what we can look forward to, um, what you should be drinking over the next couple of weeks, what you can possibly grab if um, if you're in and around uh, the liquor stores. I'm so I'm noticing right now that there is going to be a Bourbon barrel aged stout with peanut butter and cocoa nibs. It's dragon's milk. 
the reserves. Hey. They put out a couple of those over the last couple of years. Um, I think we just finished. We went up there and visited uh, New Holland a couple of years ago. We brought back some banana. It was banana cream, dragon's milk. Ooh. Yeah. That, that sounds was, good. That was really good. And I hate banana-flavored Laffy Taffy or any of that banana-flavored candy, but the way that banana cream came off was fantastic. So they've been doing that reserve stuff, but now they're also getting into the poet because there's now going to be a peanut butter poet. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm down. I mean, I like I like the poet. I like regular poet. Um, excuse me. They've been loading it with real Reese's peanut butter cups. I'm always in for that. I am too. <laughs> um, uh, our buddy Aaron, he sent me a message earlier this week and told me that Westwind is upgrading their system to a seven barrel system, um, and it should be implemented sometime within April. So we can look forward to. Um, to more Westwind beer. He said the demand is super high. I know that they changed their hours because the demand is so high and they can't keep enough beer, and they just recently started canning four-packs. They've been doing uh, crowlers. And kudos um, to them, though. Not having enough beer to go around is a great problem to have. It is, and they do a phenomenal... I know that you were there a couple of weeks ago um, in Elkhart just hopping around to a couple of different places, and they're, they're, they're a good brewery. Check them out when you get a chance. Uh, last but not least, the... Uh, there's, there's, it's called a Wookie Jack. Have you ever had that? Mm-mm. So I know that there's uh, Easy Jack and a couple of different uh, Jacks from Firestone Walker. Oh yeah, but this Wookie Jack is a black rye IPA. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It does, especially because it's got some citra in it. It's got some Amarillo, 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 Amarillo. Um, and the dark malls. Hey, remember earlier in the show we said we weren't experts; we were just enthusiasts. Get off our back! <laughs> yeah, we told you already. <laughs> and plus, I've got the uh, the bourbon barrel aged weekend still that I'm sipping on. Yeah, this is this is great. This is an easy drinker. Are my cheeks ready yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. We passed that moment about 15 minutes ago. Man, 14.2 like hitting. Zach's like a fundraising thermometer in a town square for booze, <laughs> but like only it takes just one thing to fill him up to the top, and he's red on top. And I'm ready to go. Um, so you can look forward to that. It comes in cans and four packs, but uh, looks interesting. I like Firestone Walker. I don't drink enough of them. Yeah, we had some of uh, uh, them for a split one a while back, and, and yeah, they do really good stuff. And they're they're not recently in the area available, but since we've been doing the show, Firestone Walker has been uh, more available in the area. Mm-hmm. So we can look look forward to a couple things this week, and plus Bell's Hop Slam we were talking about earlier in the show. Twelve uh, six packs. 12. Why did I have 12 in my 12 ounce bottles? That's they're only going to be available in 12 ounce bottles, and I should be, just be done. Maybe we should do the split one right before the end of the show, so it's not enough for that boost to hit. But also, we found that mini kegs are running between about 40 and 45 dollars a piece. So, uh, hopefully, we'll have one of those maybe to sip on for next week's split one. Uh, on behalf of Zach and myself, we want to thank you for joining us for another week of music to my beers. We'll see you back here next Sunday. Uh, cheers. <laughs> Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.